Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church. My name is uh, Pastor Joel Hess, and uh, I have the privilege of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with you. Thanks for listening, and if you'd like to support the ministry, the mission that God is doing here in the uh, Lincoln Park area through St. James, please go to our website and uh, donate online. Thanks for listening. sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Martin Luther probably got no sleep that night, tossed and turned, prayed, because earlier that day he was brought to the city of Worms in Germany. It's called the Diet of Worms, and for your kids, you can joke around and say that he went to the Diet of Worms. Ooh, gross. But in German, it sounds a lot cooler, the Diet of Worms. And basically, he was put on trial. He had been brought before the emperor, the Holy Roman Emperor, by the way, and the church, the church, by the way. (laughs) And he was asked to recant all that he had written, especially 25 particular books that they put out in front of him. Books with the title as Freedom of the Christian and the Babylonian Captivity of the Church and and many others. And they had declared these writings heretical, but I suppose they gave him a chance. If you deny you wrote these or if you recant what you wrote, then we'll let you go. We'll set you free. We'd imagine the uh, loudmouth Luther would immediately have said, no. But instead, he took it seriously. And he said, give me a night. (laughs) And I suppose you would too. Because back then, we take it for granted, the whole Reformation, I should say, really, but uh, what Luther went through here. Back then, to be declared a heretic an enemy of the church, an enemy of the state, meant you were unsafe, that uh, even just leaving the courtroom before sentencing, someone could apprehend you, kill you, etc., let alone you could end up dying at the hands of the state or the hands of the church, as Jan Hus did just 100 years earlier, burned at the stake. So Jesus took it, uh, so that uh, Luther took it seriously. The morning came too fast. They brought him up again. And this time he knew exactly uh, what to say. He said, Wenn ich nicht durch Zeugnisse der Schrift und klarer Vernunftgründe überzeugt werde, dann weder dem Papst noch den Kanzleien allein glaube ich, da es feststeht, dass sie öfter geirrt und sich selbst widersprochen haben. So bin ich durch die Stellen der Heiligen Schrift, die ich angeführt habe, überwunden in meinem Gewissen und gefangen in dem Worte Gottes. Daher kann und will ich nicht widerrufen, weil weder das Gewissen etwas zu tun wäre, sicher noch heilsam ist. Gott helfe mir. Amen. And if you don't understand the German, he said, unless I am convicted by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of the popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot, I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Amen. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. 
What would cause Luther to say no to the freedom that the courts would give him if he would recant what he wrote? What would cause him to stand up and defy the church and the state and face death? Oftentimes people think the Reformation uh, is a, was a uh, political movement or that it was a, uh, about German nationalism and about an ethnic sort of battle between the Germans and, and the Italians. Others, I think, might even say that it was about moral corruption and, and uh, you know, um, reforming the actions of the church and the lives of the priests. And none of these are true, though they may be manifestations of the Reformation. That's not why Luther said, uh, <laughs> I can't recant. Luther put his life on the line because the Reformation and his writings were all about the only thing that matters. The center of all of Holy Scriptures, the central teaching of the Christian church, and the teaching, the only teaching in the universe that truly gives peace and hope. The Reformation is about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. As Jesus himself says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And Luther surely had learned this as he had uh, gone up the ladder or he attempted to earn his own righteousness to please God. And he come to really kind of hate God as he fearfully uh, you know, left study for law and he joined the monastery he jumped on this treadmill of righteousness to be right with God because he was scared of death, truly. And the more that he made himself right with God and the more he took on vows and the more that he did good works, the more sin he saw himself and he felt like he was going nowhere. He was never right with God. And over time, he was studying Scripture, and he began to see a recurrent theme in Scripture. He began to read a very clear theme that had been maybe not purposely removed, although the devil hates the gospel, but definitely had been obscured. He saw this recurrent theme of this alien righteousness, this righteousness of God that had nothing to do with good works. This is especially clear in Romans chapter 3, although Paul repeats it. And almost every letter says the same thing. So don't let anybody tell you that this is just one thing Paul writes. This is repeated over and over and over and over, let alone our Lord's words that say, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And that freedom is far greater than a political freedom. That freedom is eternal in Christ. Go to Romans chapter 3, uh, verse uh, 19. Let's look at that really quick. This kind of sums up the gospel. In verse 19, Paul says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. I, I love this. Before God's law and his expectations, right and wrong, everyone can only be quiet. We have no excuses. We can't wiggle out of this. This reminds me when I was a kid, when you get caught doing something wrong, you just want to talk, right? The first thing you're going to do is deny it, right? 
Next, you're going to blame. It was my sister. And after that, you can't get out of that. Then you are going to begin to rationalize why you did. You're going to be explaining, well, you know, so-and-so pushed me into the vase that broke. Or, or um, you know, if, if this person wouldn't have pushed me, then I wouldn't have done this. Or, you know, if you wouldn't have raised me like this, mom, you could you go on and on. You'll talk and you'll talk and you'll talk to get out of the accusation. And Paul says, before God's expectations of law, right and wrong, loving your neighbor and loving God, you got no excuse. Be quiet. And that's pretty doggone harsh. It's really harsh, right? You can't, don't just stop talking. You can't get out of this. You're guilty. Therefore, Paul says in verse 20, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Nobody. Zilch. How huge is this? No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by being a good person, doing something, making it up to God, whatever it is. Nobody, Paul says, not not Luther, by the way, not Joel Hess, St. Paul says this. And then he says this, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. There's another sort of righteousness, or righteousness has been made known in, through a different method. Although the law and the prophets testified to it, Paul says. He goes on, this righteousness, and that's what we want. We want to be right with God. That's what all religions are about. Every single one is about being right with God. There are only two religions in the world. One, and they're both about righteousness with God, and one is about going up the ladder, getting in the treadmill, and pleasing God. And the other is quite different, as Paul shows here. The righteousness is given. That's a key word there. It is given. It is not earned. It is given. It is a gift. That's why it's called good news. It is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, period. No buts, no additional anything. Jesus gives us his righteousness, We have it simply by believing his words when he says, they're yours. It's yours. There is no difference, Paul says, between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So be quiet. But all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Jesus Christ. As I said when I was a kid, You talk and you talk and you talk because you want to justify your actions, your sins. You want to talk and talk and get yourself out of it. You want to rationalize it because that's the whole point is to justify what you did so you'll be made right, right? And Paul says, it ain't ever going to happen. It doesn't work like that. You're guilty. Just deal with it. But then he says, but then he says, there's a righteousness, another one that comes from what Jesus did and gives, and it actually justifies you and makes you right. In God's eyes, all are justified, not by talking themselves out of it or making it up. They are justified freely by Jesus' grace, by God's grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. He's redeemed us. As he says, as the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. When he died and rose, he released us from what we owe God, from the punishment that we deserve for our sins, bought and paid for. See? He's redeemed us, and he justifies us. 
and he gives it to us. That's what baptism is. That's what this young lady, she was baptized today. She was released. She was justified by Jesus. She was washed of all of her sins. She was pronounced innocent in God's eyes. It's crazy, but when God looks at you and me, sinners as we are, he sees us through the lens of Jesus. He sees forgiven, clean, righteous people. That's what the Reformation is all about. That's the peace that Luther had come to treasure. Not only because it's true and because it's the center of Holy Scripture and the most important teaching in Scripture. It's what the whole Bible is about. But he had truly found peace in this. People oftentimes say, is the Reformation relevant? Is it just a 16th century argument? Are we done with that yet? (laughs) A couple years ago, Uh, I was asked to come to the hospital. There was uh, an older lady that was uh, dying or facing a very serious surgery. And the chaplain there, uh, she told him, I'm Lutheran, you know, can you please bring in the Lutheran pastor? And so he called me up, Ed, and uh, I came in and she said, shut the door. And so I was there next to her and sitting next to her. And she said, pastor, I got to tell you something. I've gone to church my whole life, but I'm scared because I've done something that I I don't know if I'm right with God. And she told me that she had an abortion when she was younger, in her early 20s. And she hadn't told anybody about this, and it had been weighing her down for years. She'd gone to church her whole life. She knows the gospel. But the devil just kept this on her shoulders and on her mind. Now, our modern society and maybe some Christianities would try to rationalize with her, you know, and try to explain, well, you know what, you probably didn't mean to do that. Or, you know, you were young and stupid. Or or maybe, you know, your boyfriend pushed you into this and maybe help her find a, a good reason why she did something wrong. And maybe there was. But I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to play that those verbal gymnastics of trying to rationalize behavior, figure out whether what kind of sin it was or how bad of a sin. I didn't need to do that. It's beautiful. I got to do the Reformation with her. I got to tell her that Jesus died for sinners, that the Son has set you free from all sin, not just the little ones, but the worst of ones. I don't care what degree of sin this is. Christ's blood pays the price for all sins, or it pays the price for none. She was freed with those words. The same exact message of the Reformation was alive for her. Because that's what it's all about. Is the Reformation relevant today? You bet it is. Because it's about the gospel of Christ. And you think it's relevant today in today's modern society? <laughs> of course it is. You think people don't uh, are not burdened by sin, worried about death? Nothing's changed at all in humanity. In any way, we have two problems. We have sin and bad behavior and hurting one another and being hurt. And we have death that looms over us. And only, only the gospel of Jesus alleviates those things, cures those worries. Only Jesus' words, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are free from having to pay the consequence for your sin. You are free from having to worry about death because he is risen. There are people out there they are neighbors, they are friends, they are enemies, your co-workers, and your classmates. Don't be fooled. There are people out there that are worried and f- 
fearful about whether or not God loves them, whether they're worth anything, whether or not they'll have to pay for their past, or fearful about the future. The Reformation is alive in this church in St. James. The gospel of Jesus Christ is needed for them, and you got it, and you got that treasure. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Give it away. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And if we got that, then anything can happen to us. Just like Luther says, yet they can take my what uh, spouse, my life, my, my stuff, everything. It can all go. We can even die. Jesus will raise us up again. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.